right. Yep. We are live. Can people now. hear us? Hello. Yay. There oh, we, we go. Did it. There we, we go. Did it. Holy oh shit. God. Anyway, I. Suspicious start. Well, this is what happens when you prepare for a show the morning of. Yeah. I mean, we came in a little hot. This is what you can expect from the lads. Jake, chaos. Jake didn't have all the boxes ticked, and that's okay because we're figuring it out together. I, had I was some gonna, of the boxes ticked. Yeah, some yeah. of the boxes ticked, but not all the boxes ticked. Welcome to Lads on Tour. What a wild, what a wild and wacky time. What a zany start to this fucking show. Hi, everyone. Uh, so we are the lads. We, this is the tour. Um, now that we've got all the audio checked, I'm very nervous. I got sweaty just then, you guys, because, you know, it was like almost live, but not quite live. But now we are live and everyone can hear us. So you know what? It's Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, I guess, at this point. And we're going to kick off our very first episode of Lads on Tour. So um, a lot of you probably know who we are, but I thought for a moment we would do like a nice, just a quick rundown for those of the those of you that might be tuning in for the first time, who might not know us, who might not know how we know each other, etc. So um, I'm your host for this episode. My name is Zach Ryan. Uh, I work at twitch.tv, uh, where I am the lead community producer there. Um, you might know me from IGN, where I was a, a host and panelist of Nintendo Voice Chat. I had a show called Review Crew. Uh, did a lot of stuff for IGN for several years there. Um, and uh, this is the very first episode of Lads on Tour. So that's my introduction. Lucy, I want to toss it to you. Why don't you go next? Hello. Um, well, thank you for that intro. Uh, I am well, I'm senior video producer over at GameSpot, where I've been for like seven and a half years if you have followed me from before that you might know me from jinx tv especially if you're in the uk um and also just like are we talk about how we know each other or we say are we are yeah do why it? not uh so i mean tam jake and i used to all work together uh tam and i still do work together uh zach we met like just through you know ign GameSpot, and mm-hmm. now now you're kind of stuck with me now so, hmm. Wow, that really but, derailed the conversation. Oh, sorry about now, that, everybody. Now we, now we can. No, uh, and so it's kind of nice. It's like, it's even though we don't all work at the same place, we talk all the time, like, amongst amongst all of us, play a lot of Halo together. And so uh, when I pass this, I'll pass this to Tam if you want to talk about, you know, who you are, what you do, but also I think how this this project came together. Yeah. Yes, I am Tam of the Internet. That's oh. what I'm just going to say. Um, no, I'm, I work at GameSpot. Uh, I know these folks through the industry, the video game world, um, and then, you know, started off as colleagues. Now, the the lads, as we call each other. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, I do Twitch streaming, twitch.tv forward slash tomorrow H. Um, we all do Twitch streaming, so mm-hmm. if you want to find our yeah. individual channels... Um, you can and watch us there. And uh, I'll, I guess I'll segue into what this is as a result, uh, as a result, or um, because it's relevant to that. Let, uh, so the, let Jake introduce himself. First oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jake, Jake, talk. Who are you? It's okay. I don't need to introduce myself. The podfather, the, the man with no introduction. No, I'm Jake. I used to work with, uh, as they said, I used to work with all these people except Zach. Zach That's tried true. to hire yeah. me a couple times at different different opportunities in my life, but I turned it down. I was like, sorry, Zach. Don't wanna. Don't Sorry, wanna I was. Uh, I was really is too cool. So I was really yeah. hoping you wouldn't bring that up, but here we are. You know so what? It, I I, it's, I'm you. still. I'm still. I'm still <laughs> awfully sore about that, Jake. So it's a um, real. It's a real soft spot for me. But no, I worked with uh, most of these people. Uh, we did a podcast called GameSpot After Dark, and we had a mm-hmm. lot of fun doing it. It's still going. It's still fantastic. You should still check it out. Uh, but. Mm. 
uh, they missed me so much that they were like, we gotta, we gotta do something together again. I was like, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. I mean, well, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll, let's also... do a Twitch stream that I'll fucking break episode one. Let's go. <laughs> but that's, that's, I think that's like, it's the charm I, of it. It's the charm of it because also, you know, at least three of us on this are professional video producers and Tam, you know, you've just kind of been doing all the Twitch stuff and like figuring that out by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, it's, beautiful that like our first stream kind of broke a bit what we've learned is uh at some point recently we were considering asking jean-luc to uh jean-luc of gamespot.com um who is a technical director on a lot of things we were asking uh thinking about bringing him into the fold and asking him to run us from our, for us now i think we're like yeah, we need Jean-Luc. Now we know, yeah. <laughs> so you can expect the other lad who we had on the bench to be taken off the bench and brought in <laughs> to, to help us get this shit. So if you're seeing if you're seeing weird shit happen, we just ask for you to uh, bear with us for now. Um, we'll figure it out for the next one. We promise you it's going to be great. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. Uh, soon you're going to be begging for a Lads on Tour t-shirt and we'll make one. You know, one of those ones. Yeah, the the lads on tour tour T-shirt. You know, we'll get one of those made. But let's let's uh, let's. uh, That's what we're all about. We're all about big promises up front. Well, the thing is, and uh, like this is this is my approach to you know, I started streaming earlier this year. Like a lot of it inspired by Tam and just seeing like how much fun he was having with it. But I think the thing about like, and not to get deep on main, you know, five minutes into our new podcast, but like the problem with sort of you know being on the internet and seeing everyone do amazing creative things is like you have ideas and you talk about it and you're getting ang together and it's like all right let's just fucking do this and then stuff gets put up, put off uh in our case by the fact that tam and i to move countries but it's mm-hmm. like you can spend that time like refining it and coming out of the gate with like this product like that you like this is you know this is all this pre-production this is what it's going to be it's going to be perfect but then there's not really that much room for growth that way. And so I'm yeah. kind of glad we have done this in the ramshackle, like, you know, let's just let's just fucking start the thing because then, you know, we can build yeah. it and, and, it, and it's also a collaborative process with folks who are watching along at home too. And it's like, you know, we didn't like that bit or, you know, you guys need to learn how to use OBS, which to be fair, OBS is a is fantastic but also incredibly difficult and it's a, i it's a nightmare software <laughs> like it it truly is a nightmare software like it yeah, it, yeah. you know as as uh, someone who's currently trying to live cut on obs so which it's which also is incredibly <laughs> impressive like i don't think people are realizing that jake is also live cutting this while yeah. it involved in the conversation and so you know yeah we're we're all kind of like in our fields to a degree like this is going to sound a bit high and mighty but like it's just more indicator of our personalities than anything else like we are perfectionists and the problem with being perfectionists is if you start something and you're of the perfectionist mindset and you're you know beginning that thing or taking the first step is uh, hinges or is contingent on reaching that state of perfectionism you'll never start the thing because you'll never be perfect um, and the idea for us is like, we got to the point where it was just like, let's just do the thing because then we cannot take a st- We can't like reel it back in and there, we'll be, you know, the car's in motion basically. And from there we'll figure out how to drive, which is in real life, a surefire way to get you killed. Um, but <laughs> in Twitch streaming, 
we kind of yeah. did reel it in a little bit though when we uh, yeah we definitely with, that, with only hearing me and then we reeled it in and brought it back but yeah, I yeah. Mean, honestly jake i just thought that was a power play that you were doing yeah. so yeah. i just yeah. wanted also, you guys to only John, hear me yeah or john luke is in the chat john luke is in the chat yeah and like john luke we'll see you next week okay just get ready <laughs> all right uh, <laughs> So we we kind of scratched on the surface of like what this what this show would be and kind of how it came about. But I think that one of the things that we talked about was, um, you know, sort of the idea like when you when you work in games media, when you work in the industry, I think that there's sort of this general misconception that like, oh, you work for IGN or you work for GameSpot or you work at Twitch, whatever it might be like you must have played and seen and read and done everything. And that's just not the case, you know, and I think that that this conversation, this uh, the idea for this show was sort of born out of the fact that, like, we've talked about this at length, you know, the things that we've missed, the things that that shouldn't but possibly do give us, like, gamers guilt about, um, you, you know, when you come to the end of the year and you're wrapping things up and you look back at your backlog and it's only gotten longer over the course of the last year, your you're games of shame, right? Because it's not just about the things that came out in 2021. We're talking about the things that we've missed for our careers over the course of the last, you know, however long we've been in the industry, decades, some of us, you know, so like, um, Tam, do you want to talk a little bit more about like the, the concept, the idea behind lads on tour and what we're going to be looking at doing moving forward? Yeah. So fundamentally, like we, as, as a kind of outfit, a crew, I want to say a clan. Can we call ourselves a clan? Just because we're, a, I want to get as close to Wu-Tang as we can. I want the RZA mindset for, for whatever we're doing here. In all you know, things, um, the RZA in mindset. In all things, I want yeah. the RZA mindset. But the thing is, like, we wanted to create something that allowed us to talk about kind of games and, and movies and TV and and many other things because we're not just specifically talking, like we said, Anything is potentially on the table, like music, a short story, poetry, mm -hmm. a theater production, a cool piece of art, you know, that kind of thing. If it's important to like us as people, you know, or it's important uh, to the culture, we want to try and experience it. Um, and that is something that we wanted to give ourselves an outlet somewhere to talk about. And Let's be a hundred percent honest about this. Like we want to build something together. There's no, there's no, no, nothing quite like getting a few friends together and being like, let's create something together. Let's channel our energy into something, <laughs> and let's create a platform a where we can bring in our friends. Like we haven't. This is our first episode, and we've already said we want to get Jean Luc involved, and that's like the kind of. In, not the spirit, the spirit that we want to come into this with. Like it starts with someone like Jean Luc, and then it will bring in other people, like just to be guests, just to be you know experts. But fundamentally, this is built on us talking about things that we love, but maybe haven't experienced yet. So the idea for Lads on Tour is it's kind of like a combination pile of shame and backlog um, podcast, where what we thought you know everyone's got a backlog. Everyone has a pile of shame and everyone also has a backlog podcast of some sort. Right. And we thought, why don't we combine it into something that is fun? And again, cards on the table. Let's try and figure out how we can do a good way of doing that on Twitch itself. Mm -hmm. Not not like just specifically on a podcast, not just specifically on YouTube, but let's try and lean into Twitch and 
create some of the fun, uh, bring in some of the fun uh, um, kind of uh, hooks of Twitch because we love the platform. We love being on it and it's cool. And it's got like a, the thing we love about it is the connectivity to the audience and people who are watching the chat. Yeah, and so, yeah, go. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, <clears throat> even just, you know, this first episode, I'm already seeing so many names in the chat from, you know, like throughout GameSpot, like folks who have been around and just like watched our stuff and always said nice stuff, but also like people who've met through the industry, people who mm. watch our streams, and it's like Twitch is kind of the perfect platform for something like this. Yeah, so like I like I was gonna say, this is also something that's inspired by the things that we consume. Like for example, there's uh, a podcast that I often mention, like when we talked about this, we were coming up from ideas for it, and it's called Into the Ether, um, and I know. AJ is in the chat. He's like one of the uh, producers and editors in there. Um, and I love that podcast because it's completely detached from the cycle. Uh-huh. They they very rarely will talk about what their current what is current. They talk about things that they love and the things that they're interested in, and they're not bound by it. So that's kind of the inspiration for it as well. But the idea is, we each have a pile of shame. Um, on the next episode, hopefully. So this is not going to be the main format. This is just going to be a Game of the Year style discussion with some other mm-hmm. stuff thrown in as well. But when we get into the actual gimmick of the of the uh, show, we're all going to bring our own pile of shame. This is stuff that we are we know that we should have watched. We know we should have played, read, eaten. Uh, let's add restaurants to the list, shall we? Mm. <laughs> Um, uh, whatever it may be but we just haven't and we're going to bring that each one of us is going to bring our own and then we're going to show it to each other and say behold my shame my shame Uh, and then know that we will be surprised by some of the crazy things that you know we haven't seen you know and then what we'll do is discuss some of that stuff and collectively come up with a list of a, a, a lads on tour pile of shame. Mm-hmm. It could be, we're still figuring out the kind of number of things, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20, you know, that kind of thing. 100? But we were, yeah, 100. Uh, but I think we, we, the idea was maybe to pick from seasons, like format is in seasons, like 10 per season or something like that, and then go from there and see how, how we figure it out. And we will collectively put together a, a lads on tour pile of shame by picking, cherry picking from each other's lists. Yeah. So it, it could be a list we will share with you yes. guys. Too, with you. So you guys can follow along and we'll kind of clearly say which episode's going to be which. So, you know, yes. next week, yes. I haven't played a Castlevania game. I imagine that might mm-hmm. end up on a list. And I so we'll be like, okay. This episode yeah. is going to be Castlevania, so you guys will know. You can play along if you want, or if you played Castlevania and you just want to be like, this idiot hasn't played yeah. Castlevania yeah. and he was he's so, games for almost ten in, years. I, yeah, that's fair. Too. I will say that I will say that like the fact that you haven't played a Castlevania game is so baffling to me. Like I'm not really one to subscribe to the idea of like you should be shamed of the media that you miss out because there's simply too much media that you that, that that's out there to consume to really have, you know, a, a grasp of everything. Mm-hmm. But Jake, you should specifically feel bad that you haven't played Castlevania. <laughs> See, this, this is the energy. Yeah. This is Bill on. Well, that's the thing. I think I think <laughs> one of the things that like I wanted to take out of this, out of this like project, out of this thing that we're putting together is like being online, there is like a constant feel, like there's a keeping up mm. with the Joneses. There is a feeling of anxiety, especially in like our line of work that you, God, you haven't played, in my case, Ocarina of Time, or like I've tried mm. to, but never really got very far in it. And so 
I like what I'm bringing to this is that I want to kind of take away that anxiety and just be like, yes, does it? You don't need to have played everything, but yeah. you know, this is an amazing excuse, really. And like, as you're saying, like if you if you have played stuff, you get to you know see a bunch of people because there will always be like one week there will be at least one person who has already done the thing and who has yeah. the knowledge and who will be sort of guiding that conversation, whereas the others might be new to it. And so it's a kind of way of like, yeah, the, exactly. Um, cheesy the, the is sort right. Of, uh, cheesy, like the the judgment free zone. It's just a place to kind of celebrate mm-hmm. the amazing shit that you know, for one reason or another, we just never got around to yeah, and, watching and or playing or seeing or whatever. And mm-hmm. the idea is, we're not just picking things for the sake of picking things. For me, the thing that I want to emphasize is. The things that we pick from the pile of shame and try to put together and say, I can't believe you haven't seen, played, watched this. This needs to be there. The objective is we put that on the list because we think it will enrich the other person or the other people. Like, for example, I've never seen, previous spoilers, Princess Bride, for example. And, like, I assume Lucy would be like, you should watch that because it's your sense of humor or it's got this kind of thing. Like, I would want to watch that because I feel like I, I don't know, a month from now, I'd probably quote it, for example. So, like, the idea is I would recommend Bloodborne or something like that to, to I don't know, one of you. You've all played Bloodborne, but I would recommend it not yeah. because yeah. not because I'm staunchly like, Bloodborne is the best game ever. Everyone needs to play it. I won't do that if it's just me that I believe this is the best thing ever. I would only recommend Bloodborne if I thought Jake or, you know, Lucy or Zach would genuinely love this and be enriched by it. So the objective is to not only recommend things that we, you know, think are important, but we think the other person will become obsessed by it. Like I want, I'm going to think is what I'm going to think it is like, if they experience this, will they then want to buy a poster, a t-shirt, a figure or something about this thing? And that helps kind of us guide us. Like we want to come out of this enriched by it if you know what i mean and hopefully that goes yeah. for you as well yeah absolutely yeah. and i think yeah. i think serious business here in the chat has actually just hit something on the head that is like resonates with me so much because this was kind of my my thinking about this when we first started talking about the idea for this show and that's the best part of finding something awesome is seeing someone else get to experience it for mm-hmm. the first time and there are a few things that make me feel more fulfilled in my consumption of media than turning somebody else onto it and seeing them enjoy yeah. it as well and i don't mean yeah. that sort of like sitting on the couch with somebody that you love watching something and like looking at them like do you like it uh, you know yeah, yeah. just like genuinely having that moment where it's like hey you were right about this thing like you, you recommended something to me i especially feel this way about music like there's so many records yeah. that like i love to share music with people and have them say like hey this was really good um you know conversely if they say it sucks like i don't want, i don't want to hear that but like you know you know what i'm saying like that feeling of like oh, I'm, I'm a tastemaker. I'm a trendsetter to this person. Like I turn this person on to something like that. That's very cool to me. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and he also, Serious Business was also saying like he had never played, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say he, they had that, never played. Maria. What's that? That's, that's Maria, Maria from, from GameSpot. Okay. GameSpot just go giant bomb. Nice. Yeah. That's an amazing quote, by the way. So, yeah, that's a great quote. Yeah, what we're going to do, what we're going to do is in the chat, what we're going to do is we need to still make a trailer for this. So what we'll do is we'll clip out all the good quotes in from the chat and use it to create some sort of trailer. Yeah, so uh, but get your best uh, trailer quotes for uh, Lads on Tour in there. In a, and, in a world we'll, 
uh-huh. in a world. Yeah, I like you've we'll do it. Seen an episode? Yeah, like, you've not seen an episode, but just put it in there. Like I can't believe this. This is incredible. Well, we'll clip that and put it into some sort of trailer. <laughs> Um, I did, I did see also serious business was saying that they had never watched, um, or never read the entire collection of the expanse books. Jake already talked about, uh, uh, Castlevania. Lucy mentioned, uh, uh, Ocarina of time. Tam, what is something off the top of your head that you makes you feel this shame? I, this, that was princess bride for me. And I, it's it's my eternal shame because I know it's one of Lucy's, if not Lucy's favorite film of all time. That's a, that's a really and interesting one. Cause I wonder what it would be like to watch that movie after three decades of, you it's, know, hype yeah, it's, around it, it's the, it's the one thing, one part of our friendship that I always feel shame about is that it was like, <laughs> I should, I should, no, no shame, but you know, it's like, this is, I feel like if I had just watched this and I knew it, we could have an even deeper connection. Well, so I do want to get through, like I own princess bride. I bought it with the intention to watch it. And then life comes at you fast. So yeah, to, be fair, to be fair, didn't Lucy spoil the Dark Tower for you? As yeah, you yes, the last book? yes. I have yes. to bring that up. Every I, I, I spent I spent literally years of my life working my way through the Dark Tower franchise, uh, the series, the book series. I went through college, most of university, reading that stuff. And I was like reading, I can't remember what one I was up to. And Lucy just absolutely turd dumped a spoiler into a Slack channel one day and like... I was like, I okay. Will, I will never forget <laughs> the slow turning around you did <laughs> in your chair to just stare at me. And I thought it was like a well known thing because it's like, I'm not going to spoil it here. But I thought it was. It's, you came at it with the energy that people come at um, I see dead people as a sixth, sixth sense spoiler. Like everyone knows that. But in my brain, I was like, no. No one reads this many books into a Stephen King sci-fi like weird uh, fucking franchise and assumes the same kind of knowledge. It's like, okay. I've not read the book since. That was the day it died. Like I just never picked it up again. Unbelievable. Um, which maybe I should. I am I am You're like I think you've been far enough removed. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, exactly. So the other part that I wanna I wanna like talk about briefly is um Going back to Maria's quote, which was the best part of finding something awesome is seeing someone get to experience it for the first time. We kind of had that feeling and we've built that into the idea for the show to a degree. So we're all streamers. You know, mm-hmm. I stream, Zach streams, Jake is on and off streaming, but I, I think he's probably good. once. Yeah, yeah, you streamed it. <laughs> I streamed once. How did Radiohead Museum go? Yeah, how did Radiohead Museum go? Uh, it was pretty dope, actually. Yeah. yeah. So Lucy <laughs> it, it streams. Awesome. Lucy streams as well. Um, we'll plug all that stuff later on. But here's the thing that we want to, we want to make this, the experience of consuming this stuff a communal thing where you can watch as much as possible. You can see us experience this stuff for the first time. And this is open to stream us as individuals, whether we want to do this or not. So don't hold us to it. But for me, it's something that I want to do. Um, the thing that we are kind of picking, we want to try and make sure that you can see us experiencing it for the first time. So on our individual streams, we may decide we want to check this thing out. Or maybe we even do it together. Like, let's take, for example, again, Princess Bride, for example. If that is on Amazon and it's watch party enabled, I will do that. Like, I will uh-huh. create my stream to be, let's do a Princess Bride Amazon watch party. So you as people can come into my stream and watch me watch 
do the homework basically yeah um and see it happen for the first time you know for something like princess bride maybe we all just be like oh let's do a, a viewing of princess bride together and then we'll go away and we won't talk about it much but then we'll go away and two weeks later or whatever it may be we'll talk about it same for games like if it's a game castlevania Jake might decide, I'm gonna, we're going to check out Castlevania. Obviously, something like Castlevania is quite a big game. It can be a big game, so maybe we won't play it to completion. But like Ooh, Jake right, might be like, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play. My next couple of streams are going to be Castlevania to get ready for the Lads on Tour stream. And you'll be able to be in our chat and see, Jake, or in Jake's chat, and, and, and you know, see him play Castlevania for the first time. Um, and if it's like a manga, I might be like, hey, everyone, I've, seen, I've been checking about out a few manga streams and like book streams. There are people who just straight up will read a book on a stream with other people and or they'll get like, hey, everyone grab chapter one to ten of One Piece and we'll read it together. You and you said and, uh, you said a manga, but I thought you said Among Us. Among Us? Like, among I, us. Okay, <laughs> who has played Among Us? <laughs> I will say I have read on stream and it was for the Radiohead stream and it went great. I, Got yeah, a book out, yeah. opened it up, cracked it open. Uh, I stumbled my way through most of the words because I can't read, but you know, it yeah, still so works. Like, the, oh, the, 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 go on. I was going to say, Emperor Ob says, I do hope food becomes a part of it at some point. Maybe Mukbang stream. Tam can introduce folks to some Desi food as a fellow British Pakistani. Yes, that, yes, let's go, mate. I'm at, let's I'm do it. Desi food. Very, very let's into that. It. That's Cooking easy to do as well. Go. We could just like Uber Eats or something like that you know, to each other. That, and, oh, is yeah. it going to be good though? Like, yeah, that's the thing. In San Francisco, there yeah. there are some places. There are some places, but I, I don't yeah, know. I feel like uh, here food we go. would be perfect for like when we're all at an event together, like when we're all at PAX <laughs> yeah, or, or, yeah. or E three or something, and then yeah. maybe so that E three is kind of it'd be kind of tricky to make. Time yeah. maybe <laughs> that is part of the plan. Yeah, uh, like uh, Zach, did you want to say something there? No. No. Okay, cool. So that is part of the plan. Like we're starting small here, but w w let's be completely like cards on the table. The kind of funny approach. Like we w we're we're trying to be ambitious with this stuff as much as possible, but we're also tempering it by the fact that you know we're starting small here. We want to get to the point where, um, firstly, like that idea is born from wanting to experience the the kind of. Um, that stuff together and sh you get to experience the, um, us experiencing something for the first time. But it's also a sh not a shrewd, but it just makes sense from smart business and Twitch, right? Like we all have individual followings. If we can pull that into the lads on tour following, that's great. If we can then grow lads on tour and take it back, like we're trying to create an ecosystem which is built around a community. We're trying to make create a community more than anything where we all get to have a group of people that come back and forth between us and build something together. And that's very much inspired by the likes of Community uh, uh, King, Kind of Funny, Min Max, those kinds of people that we love to see doing their things. And sim in similar fashion, we have ambitions to do IRL streams and live shows and that kind of stuff. But obviously, that's all contingent on being successful. Um, so stuff like food stuff could happen if we just get together and, you know, and 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 do an IRL stream of some sort. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like the concept for it. We're just we're trying to shoot for the you know moon. You know you know the quote: shoot for the moon. If you miss, you're still among the stars. Let's fucking go. 
Yeah, um, and I, I mean, I consider each and every one of us a star, so I got that yeah, going exactly. for us. Exactly. Um, I did want to encourage the chat right now as we're talking about these things that we may have missed out. I did see Serious Business point out, you know, that they'd uh, never read or the the Expanse books. So if you're in the chat, if you're watching this this first episode, first of all, thank you so much for being mm-hmm. here. We really thank appreciate you. everybody showing up. Episode zero. Powering through, powering through our technical difficulties in episode mm-hmm. zero and, and figure, you know, as we figure stuff out and kind of... Um, expound. This is a little bit uh, how the sausage is made, right? We're kind of laying down the tracks as the train is coming. But um, if you're in the chat, let us know what is something that jumps to mind when you hear the concept? What's something that you would put on your list of shame? What are the things that you feel like you've specifically missed out? I know Jake Jake called me out earlier for not playing uh, any Halo games until very mm. recently. And now I'm you know, like up to my neck in it. But um, and if you're in the chat and you and you have something that you've thought about this before and you thought like yeah. oh, this is just something that I've always missed out on, let us know what it is. So yeah, th- and that is something that we also kind of have thought about building in. We're just trying to figure out the mechanics of it. We want to have that list of ten, for example, of our pile of shame, um, but we want to include maybe one or two slots that are community voted. Yeah. So we'll we'll put we'll kind of like look at the stuff that keeps coming up and then put together a list which you can vote on and we'll we'll have like this is what the community thinks that we should all experience um together and you know we want to have that representation like like others do like community is going to be a big part of us like i said we want to build a community and we want to have a nice group of people where they can feel good and safe and excited about experiencing new things like we want you to be excited on a week to week basis to be excited about experiencing something you know it could be a movie Mm. book whatever it may be and then we want you to be excited about coming back and seeing us experience it and then talk about it together um so that community building aspect is something that we want to we want to have uh at the forefront of it and the ways if you if you have ideas for how to um kind of cultivate that you know bokeh in chat has already said this is very exciting will there be a discord aspect to the community building side as well yeah there will be um like we said we are still in doing baby steps but we want to make a discord we're going to be making a discord hopefully we still need to figure out discords you know figure out uh, as a team like you know discords can be really interesting um and they they also require a deal of like moderation and that kind of stuff so yes there will be a discord the GameSpot after dark the GameSpot discord has never required any moderation and i think that is one of the most special things that i've ever seen on the internet yeah it is it is incredible i mean we do have moderators we do have moderators but like uh, they it doesn't from what i can tell they're not banning like racists or anything it's just a nice group of people um so like we're encouraged to do that stuff we can't say specifically when it will appear but it will appear once we feel good about it um, yeah, i think we're you know i think we're talking about a lot of pie in the sky ideas i think we're talking yeah. about a lot of stuff that's going to happen hopefully down the road as we get further you know further on with this journey and stuff but i did want to start by with this episode starting uh something adjacent to the concept uh, that we have here and that's stuff that we might have missed this year. And I think that, you know, the majority of folks that are here today know us from our work in the game space. So we kind of wanted to start this episode zero by talking about the games that we've missed this year that we feel, you know, maybe a little bit guilty or or maybe that we should have had an opportunity to check out some of those games. So I did want to start by by getting into this next segment here, talking about the games that we've missed. And also, you know, of course, we're, we're each going to talk about the one game that we love the most this year, too. So, Jake, I wanted to start with you. Uh, what are some of the games that you feel like you've missed during 2021 that have been on the back of your mind for, you know, for the year? So I think the biggest one for me that I really want to play and I think I will probably play over the holiday break is Shin Megami Tensei V. Uh-huh. I want to switch. I want to see if switching works 
Oh, I think okay. we're good. Uh, so nice. th th this is a game. I mean, I love Persona 5. Uh, I loved Shimagami Tensei 3. I know I'm probably going to enjoy SMT5. I hear it's pretty traditional, which has me more excited. But uh, I just haven't had time. And I don't think a lot of people can blame me because uh, how long is that game supposed to be? Has has anyone played it? Have you guys played it? I mean, it? no. I downloaded it, no, but then I, I have not played it. it yeah, that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> yeah, I, will I will find out how long it is. John Luke, you, you're calling us out here. Yeah, so all of our B-rolls, we're just pulling B-roll off of YouTube. And I, I went through this morning and selected the B-roll that was in the highest fidelity and had the longest uh, uh, runtime. So that if we, as we were talking about stuff, so yeah, you'll see stuff from uh, a bunch of different outlets and a bunch of different creators and stuff like that. It, it's just, you know, it's just basic B-roll. But Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that on a podcast with a three GameSpot or former GameSpot employees, you went for it, Adrian. Um, you know... It's just interesting. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5. You'll see some uh, GameSpot stuff in there. You'll see the GameSpot <laughs> watermark game in there. I, sure. I think so, one thing yeah. that I was thinking about as I was downloading all this stuff um, is at the end of the show, we should probably be like, here's where we got here's these the from links. and you should yeah. check yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shin Megami Tensei 5 is main story is 46 and a half hours according to how long to beat. Well, that's not, that's that's not, not as bad uh, as oh, I thought. Actually, how long to beat another fine Ziff Davis property. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> John, John literally just said, not like I edited a very good SMT5. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. Um, so Shin Megami Tensei 5 is, has been really interesting to me because I've always been a Persona guy, but I've never been an SMT person. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this game in particular, I was kind of interested in it just because it is another game in that series and it's on a platform that I love. And um, I don't know. I, I got kind of turned off by like what I heard about it just because of the the difficulty like I heard it's just like an extremely hardcore JRPG and mm. also like the you know there's a lot of stuff around the community that like really bummed me out especially around the reviews and um I, I'm, I'm curious you know like Tam I feel like you're mm -hmm. also a Persona guy Lucy obviously you love Persona do you really think that you'll invest the time to to get into SMT5 now that the oh. year's wrapping out or I I came in through SMT, those were my first. Uh, oh. I, I played SMT before I played Persona. Okay. Um, I think I will mainly probably out of just sheer like nostalgia and dedication to the franchise. Okay. Um, I also think that it's now like the the big thing with the community, and obviously like we're we're not gonna rag on that community. The there are vo there's a vocal minority that are out here just being insane. Yeah. But like. Um, there are very, very obvious kind of uh, parallels between SMT's mechanics and Persona's mechanics. But what makes them interesting is SMT being the original. Um, there's like a symbiotic relationship between them, but they also kind of subvert each other mechanically. So, you know, this is more focused, whereas Persona is more focused on social links and that kind of stuff. This mm -hmm. is more focused on the core RPG mechanics. So it swings right. the other way where like fusions and battle and that kind of stuff is at front and center and um, the recruitment stuff as uh, Zanetsu points out in the chat. So I think like I definitely want to go back to it because it's been a little while since I play, I've played an SMT game and I'm really fascinated to see how they've kind of turned the persona with their stuff upside down or like shaking it um, and see to see what kind of like concoction they've put together. I can't say whether I'll complete it, uh -huh. um, but I will definitely give it a, a, a good few hours. I think the stuff that really interesting to me is like, it is hardcore. It does make you like save at certain points and it is brutal. But I'm also kind of up for that. I like that kind of stuff, right. um, especially now um, where I don't feel the time pressure to play it. 
you know, yeah. game of the year has passed, the year is coming to an end. So that's kind of like the second win on all games. Like you, you go back and you look at the things that you pushed aside because you felt like I don't have time for this. And now you feel like, although we only have just a couple of weeks until the new year in our brains, we've tricked ourselves to think that we've got infinite time. Um, yeah. So like everything is potentially a thing. So I think I'm going to give it a solid future, future a few hours as well. Nice. What do you reckon, Lucy? Well, it's funny. I mean, God, it's funny that you said that like, oh, the difficulty is something that appeals to you. Whereas to me, I found myself maybe at least this year, just because it's been so busy that I have just, I have less tolerance for stuff that's going to be crushingly hard. Like I am mm. just one of those people who will now just, if so, if I'm stuck on something or if, you know, it's taking a little bit too much time, I'm just going to whack it down to easy. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe I'll miss out on a trophy or an achievement. I know SMTs on Switch, so I guess that doesn't really matter. But like, I want to play it because I want to see, you know, sort of the the seeds from which persona ultimately sprung and obviously there's a lot of similarities and i've heard a lot over the years about like the demon stuff and the negotiation is obviously something that did get angled into persona so i would love to see that but in a different game it's like you know systems systems born from one thing into another like that new wonder mm. woman game that monolith is making they're using the nemesis system from mm -hmm. shadow of mordor and so like i'm interested to see how that works so with smt i Did she freeze for you guys? Yeah, yeah she's, she's frozen. She's frozen. Yeah. she's frozen. She's frozen. Hang on, hang on. Lucy. Okay. Oh, she's she's frozen in real life as well. Want to give it a go? Yeah. You're all no, you're all cool. fine for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'd love it if Zach you looked over and she was like frozen in real yeah. life. Yeah. You're good now. Oh, you're good now. <laughs> yeah. No. No. You're the thing is, it's like you're all completely fine for me. We, could you not hear me at all? No, you, we lost you. Yeah, you fell off for like most of it. It was like a couple seconds. You're good. You're good. Yeah, I'm out. I'm wired in, so yeah. I don't know. It happens. It's okay. We're both yeah. streaming from the same place. But anyway, like um, I mm. think it also came out at like a weird point in this year where I it just kind of completely passed me by. However, like I do I do want to try it, but I don't think that's going to be my Christmas game because I think there are some other games that we're going to be talking about that I will dive into. But like John Luke said, like it's on Switch, and mm. and maybe maybe this is just because I've been influenced by Andy Cortez. Uh, I was on TikTok this morning and Andy bought a um, like a stand that clamps on to his headboard so he can he can have his switch above his face and lie on his back. There he, there he is in his switch shot. And so he can lie on his back and the screen just floating up ahead of him and he can just play switch games in bed without, you know, like having to sit like this and hurting oh, his neck or having to level. have it at the TV. And... He's not the first person I know who's done that. Will Potter, who used to work at GameSpot, who's now at Ninja Theory, has also done that. Part of me is like, what if? Could be a good And Zach, Zach is currently living with me at the moment, so how do you feel about that? <laughs> I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Um, I want to move on. We've talked about a, a bit about SMT. Tam, I want to move to your first game. Yeah. Uh, what's the, what's the, uh, the game that has been weighing on your conscience this year? For me, it's one that I played a little bit of, but I barely scratched the surface, and it's Forza uh -huh. Horizon Five. Let's that is go. The next one, right? Let's go. Which, Game yeah, Star yeah. Just had to say. <laughs> oh, look at Let's that. go. Look uh, at that. Review by Alessandro Barbosa. Uh, there you go. Um, but yeah, Horizon is a game that I know I'll probably love. I've fallen out of the racing game genre in a big, big way. I used to really like it, but like very specific. 
I, I call them like Tam racing games. They need to have a very specific vibe. And the games that most like the game that hit the Tam racing vibe closest or like dead on was the Need for Speed Underground series, which is basically, you know, Fast and Furious. And since then, I've like struggled to get into racing games. Like I love the Burnout franchise. franchise. I played a crap ton of Paradise. Um, but since then, it's kind of been on and off. But I feel like this is the game that is closest to what I really like. Or it, it's the game that, yeah, closest is probably the best thing. I don't think it's dead on like Need for Speed um, Underground 1, 2, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's it's the kind of approachability and vibe and atmosphere that I know that I like. I'm not good at racing games. Uh, right. I like really, I like loose like uh, almost like you know Mario Kart style like and burnout is the same way where it's like you're encouraged to just smash into everything and be fine um yeah, yeah it's and it's and, actually pronounced Mario Party but I understand what you're saying yeah behave yourself um actually and, Mario your weapon yeah you got Brits here yeah um but I I I do want to play this game more and is I've seen nothing but praise for it pretty much everywhere. No. Um, I, I want to support my fellow British devs as well. Yeah. Um, shout out to you out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's a game that I want to play. And I hope my, my concern is like, it feels like people have moved on in a big, big way because of Halo. I hope that I'm kind of waiting for my moment for people to come back to it. So there's like, you know, more Drivatars and yeah. Drivatars, like, or yeah. Ghosts, whatever they're called. And um, people fighting, vying for positions on the leaderboard. Because I, if I'm going to play a racing game, I do need some sort of like community to egg, egg me on and that kind of stuff. So right. uh, I will definitely play it. I just don't know the longevity it will have in my life. Um, yeah, I've, I've played such, such an amount of Forza Horizon 5. And uh, I think the thing that, that I like, I'm also, I've not historically been a racing game guy, but when I got my Series X, I downloaded Forza Horizon 4 because I wanted a, a you know, something that really pushed the system and made, you know, like showed me the graphical fidelity. So um, I really got into Forza uh, through that game and I've played just such an obscene amount of Forza Horizon 5. And it, there's something, and I know it's kind of cliche to say something like this about, uh, you know, this game, but like, there's something like deeply meditative about Forza Horizon Five. You can just kind of shut your brain off and just drive, and that feels really, really good. It also probably helps that typically when I play Forza Horizon Five, I'm like top ten stone. But um, I should also say that that it, the thing about it for me is that it just, it's such a wonderful, like, I don't mm-hmm. hardly even think of it as an open or as a racing game as much as I think of it as like an open world game. Like this game is essentially like an open R- world RPG, except you're playing as a car, right? Like you're, you're getting all this experience points. You're investing these points in these cars and these different, you know, uh, upgrades and shit like that. And it's such a great, like testament to what playground is going to be able to do with fable because like, oh, I can't wait to play Fable as a car. If this is, <laughs> but if this is what they can do with a racing game, like I can't imagine what they're going to do with Fable. It's going to be so good. Like uh, I, I love this game, and I, I encourage you I, to check it out for. So more time. than anything, I want to, to play Fable, jump on a horse, and it's got those like car. suggested <laughs> lines for like turning. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going too fast on this horse. You need to slow down. So, so I have a suggestion for you tomorrow. I wouldn't play Forza or even think of Forza as a game on your backlog, but rather. Just do a race a day, maybe, because that's how I play it. I just yeah. jump in, yeah. do like that's a race, perfect. and that's it. It, it. It's it's a game that I can play for hours, but it's also a game that I don't feel like it's forcing me to play for hours. Like it, I don't yeah. feel like I need to sit there and just keep playing for hours. But but I just like 
play an app, play play a couple races a day, and like that is that, a, that is perfect. I mean, that I, is a great shout. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. maybe just start your stream with a race or something. Yeah. Also, uh, in the chat, F Tong says anime horse decals, <laughs> and yeah, you can get you can get a bunch of wild decals too, which is yeah. which is a lot of fun. I, I want Fable to have decals for horses, please. I would say that uh, my I. I played a bunch of Forza. It's like the um, the thing that I really love about it is the fake rivalries that it encourages between oh, me and my yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. Even if even if you're not playing, I've seen Tam. I've seen you crop up on my uh, like races and stuff. That's cool. Like, yeah, I've seen you guys way behind me in races. Oh. Wow. Okay. Say, I okay. See Lucy a lot, but I only see her in my rearview mirror. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm passable at that game but it's you know it's like really fun and a way of encouraging just sort of rivalries because and like i think other games that did this really good really well were um sleeping dogs is something that i always remember did this really well it's like you'd have those little challenges and you'd be like oh mm. uh you know uh tam did this one second faster than you so it kind of encourages you because it's like i usually do yeah do it uh but one thing i'll say is about like i'm not i can't drive in real life so I'm also like not good at racing games a lot of the time. It depends, but um, having been able to tap Y and rewind and it just be, you know, just so quick, seamless, uh, and it makes you kind of, you know, do that little bit of course correction and get get back on. It's like it's such a it's such a well made game. And like soundtrack bangs, the opening to Forza Horizon Five, so good, so good. Hype. I think I've ever been for an opening of a game. I was like. I, I just like it's over the top it's ridiculous but it knows it is and also just you know you can put as much into that game as you want to get out mm. of it so much to do but it doesn't feel overwhelming which I think I think the way that it kind of uh just you know gives you little bits to do at a time um especially at the beginning and kind of builds you up a little bit it's, it's really great I I think you'd definitely love it yeah it's interesting because it's one of those games that has way too much content and a lot of not in a bad way though i guess because a lot of times like some games you see come around with way too much and you're like i'm never going to get through all this because you still kind of feel pressured to do all that stuff but in forts it's like there's so much stuff here that i feel no pressure to do everything i'm just exactly, going to do what yeah. i want because exactly no, yeah i just i only yeah. care about races all the other stuff like the the battle royale stuff or whatever like i don't care about any of that i yeah. just want to go drive real fast you know exactly yeah yeah before um, we move on yeah just a quick reminder to folks, if they're in the chat and they haven't already, follow the channel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just hit the follow button. Yeah. Hit the alert bell as well, because that's what everyone else says. So we should probably say it as well. Yeah. Maybe. Let's go. Uh, for the next episode, I can set it up so there's notifications when people follow. And yeah, stuff. We, can, we can get the alerts going and stuff like Ooh. that. Considering that I had, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll try my oh, best. Yeah, no. Maria uh, says, uh, hit the shame bell, which is kind of like oh, my new favorite way. Yeah, hit the, shame, yeah, bell. hit the shame, shame bell. Shame bell. Shame. Yeah. Um, Lucy, you and I have the, ne the, the next game is on both of our lists. So why don't you go ahead and talk about uh, the next jam that you've missed this year? One. Oh, we're going through all the... All right, all right. Um, yeah, so one by one, yeah. I, Psychonauts 2 is my, <laughs> my big one. Like, I... Um, Never played the original Psychonauts, but I know how much how big of a deal it is to a lot of people that it even got a sequel in the first place, uh, especially one that came out however many years after the original game. Um, but like seeing the review come through, and at least at work, Kurt was doing it, um, and he was just so 
overjoyed. Like people have such a uh, a really strong place in their hearts for things that Double Fine make, and uh, the the way that this game. And I'm I'm kind of judging from the reactions and stuff. It's like the way that people reacted to the way that the game handled things like mental health and stuff. I I feel like it's just a game for me. But also and also it's like it has things that's like collectibles and it's very funny and uh, you know it has a zany sense of humor that mm-hmm. Double Fine known for. That it's uh, it's it's been like I started playing it and then I had to move, so I'm only maybe like an hour in. It's very very charming. Uh, and so that's yeah, it's the it's the game that I absolutely just desperately. That's like number one on my holiday games list. Yeah, I I uh, started streaming this yesterday morning. Actually, I just started playing this game. Um, I'm about two hours in, and I started playing it because I felt like it got really snubbed at the Game Awards. It was nominated for all these awards, and it didn't win a single one. And so I wanted to to show a little support. I played the original Psychonauts a couple of years after it came out, and I liked it, but I didn't love it like as much as everybody else. Um, but this this game is so instantly and effortlessly charming, and it feels so reminiscent of a game of that era, but has all these quality of life updates that make it feel so um kind of new and vibrant and also like it's so unbelievably psychedelic um i'm i'm really really enjoyed my time with it i'm gonna that's gonna be my next stream probably through the christmas break um just to get through this game because i i really really liked what i played jake this is actually your game of the year you want to talk a little bit about why you loved psychonauts so much yeah, I wasn't sure if we were going to spoil uh, our goaties quite yet, but uh, since, since since you did, I'm since more I than did happy. It for you. Yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about Psychonauts because yeah, this this is my game of the year. Uh, I was one of those people who bought Psychonauts one when it came out. Uh, I don't uh-huh. know why. I think I was just at GameStop and I looked at the back of the box and it was like five out of five from some I don't know some some magazine from years ago, and I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And I played it and I fell in love with it. And I've been one of those people who've been like, where is my sequel? And I've been waiting for it for a very long time. So playing that game was not to be hyperbolic, but it was it was it felt like a religious experience because I had been waiting so long. Um, and didn't you back it on? on like I backed it too. I backed it day fake? one. I think I was like, I think I was like within one of the first one thousand people to back it or something, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I think they had like thirty thousand people who backed that game or something ridiculous. Yeah. I um, random t- random tangent story, just some lore from our, our past. I was when I was in the UK, Danny O'Dwyer from NoClip, check out NoClip, real cool stuff going on over there, was working at GameSpot. Um, and me and him were, were, were doing this thing on a side called Citizen Game. And um, he was like, oh, shit, Tim Schafer's coming into the, to the uh, what do you call it, uh, studio or next, whatever. And I was like, oh, man, I really want my copy of Psychonauts signed. So, like, I went home early in the morning. I got up, went to, to Danny's house and gave him a copy of Psychonauts. And I was like, please get this signed for me. And he was like, yeah, oh, that's it's awesome. incredible. It's so good. Yeah. Tim, have you had a chance to play much of Psychonauts too? Uh, I downloaded it. Um, huh. I, I I am ready. I think I'm in the same place with where you and Lucy are. Like I'm gonna pl- you treat it as my big holiday game. Um, get mm-hmm. through that. Um, I would be playing it right now, but Halo's out, and I want to yeah, kind of I'm playing I'm run playing through playing that. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, that's at the top of my list to go to next. I'm excited for it. I love Psychonauts, obviously, um, and it's also a game that like I share the love for with my younger brother. He he loves Psychonauts loads. Um, mm. It's one of the games that we we like played kind of together and bonded over. I recommended it to him, and um, 
he loves it. He loves the Milkman conspiracy. Um, yeah. Every now and then we like just shout, I am the Milkman. My milk is delicious at each other. And <laughs> no one else, unless they played Psychonauts, understands it. But, mm-hmm. you know, here's like two tall bearded men shouting, my milk is delicious at each other in public. And it's just, I love it. That's I think with, with, with Psychonauts too, I think the biggest thing for me, at least that I want to get across, is the game has so much heart. Like compared <laughs> yeah. to... So many, I mean, there, there's a lot of great games that came out this year, but looking through a lot of the nominations um, that, that we, we saw at the Game Awards, like, just, it's hard to compare them, right? But Psychonauts just, you can tell it was made by people, and, like, all the stories are so well-written, and, it, it, and it, it, it touches on some really deep stuff, but it never gets too deep, I would say. Like, it still yeah. keeps that... That sense of humor that was so important to the first game, and it's still present in this. Mm. So I highly recommend it. I think it 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 is kind of like what you were saying, Zach. It does kind of feel like an older game in many ways, and that's because it is very similar to the original Psychonauts. And I can see why that would be a turnoff for some people. That mm-hmm. said, though, um, I, I can't recommend that game highly. I more highly, but I think it might be worth playing one first if you have not played yeah. one. So, so there is like a nice little, you know, three, four minute, here's what happened in Psychonauts. Right, yeah. One, yeah. one thing I'm concerned about, and like, I am glad you brought up the, the, the Jeffs, the Keelys, the Game Awards, because Psychonauts was nominated for so many and didn't win anything, which, I mean, you know, an award is not indicative of, you know, full quality or whatever but i did find that like really nice to see that it was up so much and that kind of reinvigorated my wanting to play it um but in terms of like replaying psychonauts one i've seen like mixed things about that because obviously it is a much older game and um when i watched the little you know uh thingy at the beginning i was like i feel like i've got a good grasp of this but i know i'm not going to get the full experience of you know the milkman conspiracy or whatever Mm. so i'm kind of like in two minds about because I also have seen in the chat folks saying that like the old one and even even Psychonauts two in a way feels dated, but I think that's kind yeah. of part of its charm. Maria brings up that there's also like the VR game. I completely forgot. Yeah, Rumbus 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 Ruin. Ruin. That Thanks. one. That one. I mean, I think a lot of people had to skip it just because VR is yeah. a pain. Yeah. But I, I it, it it's fun. Um, it's pretty short, but I would recommend playing one if you can. I will say it's on a. It's backwards compatible. It is. It is backwards compatible. It's on Game Pass. I will say the last level is has aged the poorest of all of it. It is. It is so because I played it right before two came out, and it is so frustrating. Uh, A lot of the like the the jumps you do don't always connect and it's you have to be so precise with your platforming and it and the platforming itself isn't super precise so it's it's rough um so i think you know it, at least give it a shot but the milkman conspiracy in particular in psychonauts 1 is something that i think should be seen maybe at least watch a playthrough yeah, of that the milkman conspiracy so i feel like it should be in like a games history course yeah. you know what i mean like that level is so legendary um jake I wanted to uh, get to your second choice here, uh, kind of move along with the, uh, the the second thing that you feel like you missed out on this year. Yeah, uh, it's Overboard. It's a game that I actually don't know a whole lot about, but I heard a lot of people speaking very highly of it. Uh, from what I understand, it's basically a mystery game, except you're the murderer and you're just trying to get away with it. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like Hitman, I think, is kind of like what I've heard descriptions of. Um, I've got some gameplay I'm going to cut to. That yeah, Lucy, this is also on your better. list, too. I mean, Jake, I'm, I'm so glad you said you don't know much about it. And I think that's kind of part of the charm of this one um, because I've just heard so much buzz about it. Like I'm looking at the Steam page right now 
and you know very very positive reviews and stuff and it's yeah it's like a cruise ship it's meant to be you know just very funny like people people were just kind of raving about it when it came out over the summer it also came mm. out like mid e3 you know wild stuff going on there and so chaos yeah just absolute chaos and so i'm i really really want to play it and it's also just like on pretty much it's on on switch as well it's on switch it's on pc oh it keeps giving me like oh the if you search for overboard game it's like mashed up with a game from 1997 so it's kind of all over the place Mm. but um it looks i also like the art style quite a bit and i'm i just i just really wanted to play it because it's like it it also doesn't seem like it's a massive time commitment too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's the folks who made 80 Days and Heaven's Vault. It's on iPhone as well. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Wallaby Jones in the chat says it's on... Uh, you can get it on your phone for five bucks and each playthrough is only 45 minutes long. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. Um, I, I, this is a game that I hadn't heard of until you guys put it on your list today. Um, it looks cool. I love the idea of like playing... You know, like uh, there's a lot of games where you're trying to solve a murder, but I love the a kind of game where you're trying to get away with murder. Like that's really interesting for sure. Mm. Uh, yeah. Tam, what's definitely. your second game? So my second game is Chikori, um, which yeah. I I don't know. I have a I don't know the best way to describe this, but like I have a not a love hate relationship. I struggle with cutesy indie games these days. Uh huh. Um, I don't know, there's something about them that I, I don't know, I, I, it feels like we're at a stage now where, do you remember when an indie game came out that looked like something like Chicory? It was like a breath of fresh air and it felt like it was, it, it, it stood apart from literally everything else that existed. Yeah. And it's just, it's just the way that games have, and, and like propagation of games and where they're sold and marketing and that kind of stuff. Every second game I see looks like Chicory. Um, every second game, like these days, like a journey could come out and it would look like another 10 games that already exist. So I find, I find myself really struggling with latching onto these kind of games, which is, it's a me problem, not the game problem. Um, but there's a few that really have like pushed their way to the surface. I think Chicory is one of them. There's like, um, World of Myth is another one, a couple of other games that I won't mention because I know they're on some lists that we're going to talk about, or they're on a few lists that we have here. But Chicory is one that I've heard stuff constantly about, and it's one that I sadly haven't haven't um, gone back to uh, to check out, despite hearing loads of good things to it. But everything that I've heard makes me feel like I will enjoy this. Um, so I definitely want to go back to it, and I'm all about it when it, especially when it's like short and sweet. Um, and and that very much seems like what this game is, and it has an interesting concept too. So I feel like I will enjoy it. I just need to just buckle up and get in, get involved with it as soon as possible. This this game is like it's been recommended to me by a lot of people that know my taste in games. Like a lot of people have said, like, "Yo, you specifically, I think would really like this. It's kind of like a link to the past, you know, with a, a several variations, you know." But um, this is something that I've had on my list for a while, but I, I kind of agree with you, Tam. Like there's something about this, like I don't want to say twee aesthetic because that sounds like derogatory, but there's something about like the, the, 
The overall look of the game that has kept me is this guy gonna write butt? Yeah, certainly <laughs> Please write butt. We, we gotta make these videos before we. That's right. Them. That's uh, there's, there's, there's something about the aesthetic of the game that like hasn't <laughs> really done it for me. You know, like it hasn't. I, I don't know. It's kept me from like really taking the leap and jumping in on it. But I, I mean, the game has garnered like basically universal praise. Like, and I know folks like that absolutely love it and have put it on their top five, top ten list this year. Yeah. So. I played yeah. a good amount of it, and I enjoyed what I played. Uh, my issue was that I just have no sense of taste, I guess, because I couldn't paint anything to look as good as I see in trailers and other people's. Uh -huh. I'm like, man, my world looks stupid. I don't, I don't, I don't want to like. I don't know. It, 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 it's super beautiful though. Once you've like really gotten your hands on the, uh, the how the painting works and stuff. It, it, right. It, there's, there's a lot of neat yeah. ideas, but I think a link to the past mixed with like a coloring book is probably the best way to describe this game. But also, uh, in, a, in a weird way, it's a little bit of Okami as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Like taking that brush and you know directly drawing onto the world. To your point about like it not looking as distinctive, I don't think it helped that it came out at like pretty much the exact same time or around the same time as Toem. Yes. Yeah. The art style of those two are very, very similar. The thing that I, I started playing Chicory on, um, I was playing on PC, but I was playing with controller. And I played like an hour or so and I was getting into it, but I, I think I'm going to restart and play mouse and keyboard because the controller just felt, I don't know, it's like to your point, Jake, about I want it to look good with a controller. It's right, a little, a little harder. Unless it was like on the, I was about to say on the Wii, forgetting that the Switch exists. Um, you know, play it on the Switch and, you know, you get a little bit more fidelity so to speak i think yeah this you is need a game a that i'd want to play on an ipad you know like i've got an yeah. ipad that i don't use oh, for games but iPad, i think yeah. i would absolutely like this game would be a blast on an ipad just because you have that precision because i was also playing on controller i think i was playing ps5 and uh yeah it was just like i'm i'm really bad at making any of this look good and it's kind of bumming me out <laughs> yeah mm. yeah I, I think i definitely um, want to check it out yeah I, it's it's been like honestly at this point like i've I probably just won't get to this game. You know, like I, there's a lot mm. of stuff that, that I, I've been recommended or that I've heard about and like that looks really cool. But like when I, you know, when I stop and think about it, like, well, I really sit down and play chicory. Like probably not. I know Jean-Luc in this chat here says that this, the narrative really uh, made him love it. And that's, that's very cool. I'm glad to hear that it has a strong story too. Mm. Um, yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts on chicory before we move on to the, the next jam? No. No. Um, so the next game, this is uh, another double up from me and Lucy. Um, we both put this on our lists, and that's Wildermyth. Um, this game, to me, uh, th it's it's funny because like I have a funny feeling about this game. Like it's not a game that I would typically. Uh, this kind of falls into the same class as in like in Inscription for me, where uh, it's not a game that I would typically be super interested in, just in terms of the the gameplay of it. But everything around that has been that I've heard about it has been very, very interesting. Like it's essentially like a Dungeons and Dragons game, right? Where mm -hmm. um where the dungeon master is just letting the story play out and you play through like generations of of I think it's one family. Um, but it was like super, super highly praised, and people that have played it absolutely love it and say that the story is killer and like it just does some really, really interesting stuff. And it's something that I've had on my my Steam wish list for I don't know since it since it came out since I started hearing about it on different podcasts um, and uh, I love the aesthetic I, I think that that you know it, it just looks like a super cool game and I wish that I had made the time for it earlier this year so I could mm. put it in the conversation around game of the year but I just completely missed out on it. 
We yeah, should uh, do a co-op stream or whatever when we do a campaign. And yeah. Can you do yeah. co-op on this one? So you should be able to. I was trying to figure out with some friends how to do co-op, and we had some issues. I think I just didn't get far enough. But what I played was super cool. It's basically, it's like a, a, a randomly generated story. Not so much randomly generated. Like the story adapts to what you do. Yeah, procedurally. Yeah, that's a better word. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it it's it's really cool. It does some really cool things, and uh, some of the outcomes that happen are incredibly unpredictable, but all still make sense. Um, yeah, I played a good amount. I played like I think half of one of the tutorial campaigns, so I only really got my feet wet. But it's a game that I definitely want to return to because I was yeah. having a great time. But I, I was I was really trying to figure out co op, which is something that I yeah, would like to it, do because I, I think with four of us, had cool. Yeah, I didn't even realize that it had a co-op situation. And like, obviously, a Dungeons and Dragons is a game that you, you know, you play with your friends. I think it could be really cool to yeah. play. that's so clearly based around or inspired by Dungeons and Dragons with a group of people. I think that that's really interesting. Um, yeah, because that's the game that like I've always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, but just like, yes, timing, getting a game yeah. together is like really difficult, especially you know. Well, it says it sounds weird to say that because we've been locked inside for two years, but it's just not been, you know, it's not, it's just never panned out. Mm. Um, and so I really wanted to, and listening to things like the Adventure Zone as, as two, it just like, it sounds mm. like the most fun you can have. And so not being able to do one in person, like, I would love to try a game because also Dungeons and Dragons is, you know, there's a lot to pick from. You need to have an experienced uh, dungeon master. You need to be able to, you know, have the time commitment, have someone who knows what they're doing. And so for a game to be able to just kind of take the edge off and also have a tutorial and also mm. you are able to play at co-op, I think that just sounds like perfectly like my jam. I, I like it despite not playing this because I know like Mike Mahardy, uh, former GameSpot, current Polygon. Never heard he of was, him. Who? Polygon. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, mm -hmm. Like yikes, Mahardy! No, yeah, miss him. I uh, he. Uh, Mike Mahardly working. That's why I used to call him. working. Oh no! The man who can't eat a banana properly. Um, he was singing this game's praises earlier in the year, and a buddy of mine back in the UK, um, he was talking about like a game that you know he wanted to just pick up something, and I recommended this to him because I was like, if Mike likes it, I think you'll like it, and he was just sending me screenshots of all the random shit that his characters were getting up to for like the next month or so so that, yeah. that in my head is a is a badge of quality uh, and in, in the spirit of yeah. Tamandri in the chat oh. just said it raised the bar for procedural storytelling which i agree with yeah. i think Ooh. that's a good way to just sum up that game yeah and awesome. in, in, in the spirit of promoting others that we like uh you can check out the fire escape podcast which is uh mm -hmm. dan Riker. Mike Mahardy and Mary Kish and there's one episode where they talk about that extensively and Waypoint is also doing like an ongoing co-op stream so if you want to check out more of them you should oh, definitely cool. um, seek those out if you want more of an idea of what that game is like ah, that's awesome yeah um, so up next uh, we should probably Jake I, I'm sorry though I spoiled your game of the year uh, that's okay. early on but that's okay um, you have one more uh, game that you missed that you wanted to talk about. You want to throw that out there? Yeah, it's a game that I didn't think I'd have any interest in whatsoever, uh, just because mm -hmm. those games aren't really my thing. But after watching some gameplay of Chivalry 2, I quickly figured out that this is a game that looks like it would be a ton of fun. I'm a little afraid to jump into it now because I feel like people are probably very good at it now. And yeah. uh, I, I imagine it's a game that requires... 
a good amount of know-how skill, but just the absurdity I've seen, like people chopping off other players' heads and then throwing the head at other players. And uh, I, I think you can do some, you, you can like, I don't know, throw chickens at players too. It just seems, it seems absurd, incredibly gory, and uh, just a lot of fun. Uh, it, mm. So, so it's something I want to check out. But uh, when that'll happen, I don't know. Asano in the in the chat points out it's got a dedicated yell button, which is yeah, <laughs> incredible scenes here. Like I remember some of the the accents. I remember Greg being like, "Oh, this is how the British sounds." Like, oh, e. isn't he in this game? I feel like he is. I think yeah, he's in think this he game. In this is that, is yeah. that, is that what I'm conflating it with? Yeah, he did yeah. have a British accent for this. Yeah, I think yeah, he's I got think a he's British accent Hello in this Governor game. Accent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes oh, a lot really? of sense. Yeah. All right, so if Greg, Greg's in it, don't play this game. Yeah, that's right. It's just um, it's like an incredibly <laughs> gory comedy game. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, it, it's it's funny because like uh, in my mind, chivalry, the this one and the the first one were completely different games. Like I thought that they were like. For some reason, I was thinking that they were like very stuffy, like strategy games, mm. like real, really realistic, like, you know, turn based strategy games or something. And then at the Game Awards this year, this was nominated, I think, for best action game. And during the highlight reel, they showed, you know, a lot of similar gameplay to the, as we're seeing here. And it was like, what the hell? That's what this game is? Like, this looks fucking awesome. Like, I thought this was yeah. a completely different game. And so looking at it now, it's like, yeah, this looks sick. Like, I would totally play this. It looks insane. It just looks so stupid. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it looks so dumb. <laughs> I love it. For the longest time, this was uh, Johnny Chiodini's just like go-to game. Yeah. Uh, so Johnny, Johnny always used to work for Gamespot. Now they they have their own Patreon and stuff. Um, but like I always remember Johnny just making chivalry videos and uh -huh. just getting into it because it is just so wacky. It's like I'm watching. I mean, I'm watching the gameplay now. It's just sort of the. Just look at how easily that guy's head came off. The little <laughs> kick that, that he did there, that was great. My favorite yeah, animation like... that I've seen a couple times that we've seen in the gameplay is when they turn the sword around and just hit him with the, 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 end, the yeah. end of the sword. I don't, I don't know the point of that, but it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Um, um, yeah. Tam, you're up next with your last, uh, your last game that you've missed out on this year. Yeah, so um, Scarlet Nexus is one that I wanted to go back to. Um, I started it, but very quickly stopped. Um, love JRPGs, and this is kind of in the same vein as SMT5, where there's certain JRPGs that I always feel like I want to play, just so I know that I still have a good grasp of the genre. This is yeah. This, right is, this is Mitchell's review where he, I guess he apparently he talks oh, about a few other games about that game comparison. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, yeah. but yeah, it's it's one of those ones where like I want to go with certain JRPGs that I want to play just because I feel like they're brought up as this is helping the genre to a degree and or like is is doing something interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, Scarlet Nexus is one that was called out. Honestly, I wrote it off. It's a Bamco game, Bandai Namco, and right. Bandai Namco are very hit and miss with their games lately. Um, they always seem to create games that I should like, but for some reason or another, just never execute it on on it in a way that you know that I actually do like. They had that one Souls like game that came out, the anime Souls like Code game Vane. that just yeah, Code Vein that Code was just Vane. like yeah, I uh. thought I, so. I thought that this was Code Vein, like when you put that's the problem. Scarlet when you put Scarlet Nexus on the list, I was like, oh, that's that anime Souls-like. Yeah, and so I thought, 
when you said that this was an RPG, I was like, what the hell game is he talking about? Yeah, like I could yeah. So this is this is yeah. this is the they make a lot of games which look the same as well, which is a problem. Uh -huh. So I definitely want to go back to this. The other game that I wanted to check out because I heard it was doing real good things in the genre was Tales of Arise, which is the game yeah. I'm currently streaming on Twitch, right. um, like three times a week. I know we're off. Tales of Arise is is coming together. I think it's very strong from the outset. It's like it's got a lot of the tropes that anime games have, and it's got a lot of tropes that Scarlet Nexus also had from Tales the very games. beginning. Yeah, it's got Tales game style tropes, but um, I think that's what's what's really interesting about this is like this feels more. This feels kind of like um, Tales of Arise feels like a classical JRPG in the vein as something like you know Final Fantasy, because it, Tales is a storied franchise. This feels like. The JRPG through the lens of, to a degree, Fire Emblem, um, mm. which is kind of like the more recent Three Houses uh, Fire Emblem and even Persona, where it's more about like dynamics between certain characters. You've got your crew, as you can see on screen, um, and, and there's a lot of like uh, dynamism and like kind of uh, relationship stuff that impacts combat. And it's also got like the physics based stuff where it's action focused. And that's something that I think that's what it's bringing to it. And that's why I want to check it out. But Tales of Arise itself is. I'm really enjoying Tales, and like I did not expect to enjoy it um, as much as I did. I played a few of the other ones, but it's kind of by playing Tales of Arise and really enjoying it, it's make me it made me want to go back to to Scarlet Nexus as well, um, just because I've heard so much good things about it. So uh, JRPG is having a, an, a a solid solid season right now, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff that's that's come out this year on the JRPG front, and it's actually been a very I would say important year for JRPGs. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't played this uh, Scarlet Nexus. I, I'm I'm at a point in my life where uh, I would love to play more JRPGs, but I don't know that that's going to happen for me. So um, you know, is it on Switch? I was just hearing about this great uh, stand that you can use. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I just want I want you guys to know that I texted Lucy while while the stream was happening, and I said, "If you get a bed clamp for your Switch, we're through." So Damn. Lucy, I think you should do it. And also I want you to keep in mind that you have a tablet and you can use XCloud to play anything on Xbox. Yeah. So you could you could you could play Tales of Verizon or even Scarlet oh, Nexus very easily. You you don't understand like you don't understand how hard it is to get Lucy out of bed on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean don't let her put a console. Don't let her put a console above her face where she doesn't have to. Okay, move. so listen. Just live your here's, best life, Lucy. Do it. Here's here's, do here's it. insight. I'm I'm very much like Lucy, and I don't have a I don't have a uh, in this respect. I don't have a clamp, but I do have this. What? Oh, he's gonna go. Okay. Where's he going? Oh. You see this bad boy? It's a little stand which I which I put my iPad or my gaming device into, and I put it next to my bedside or in front. I literally sometimes I will sit in front of my TV playing a game, put my iPad on this, and then watch a stream, usually Hassan Piker streams, and uh, in front of me, and I'm watching a stream and playing a game. Um, this is what happens when they took away Xbox Snap. A disgusting behavior. Yeah. So um, I encourage it, Lucy. Do it. Thank you, thank you. But also, it's because like, it's like I don't want to have a TV in my bedroom. Yeah. Because in my head, first of all, there is nowhere for it to go. But in my head, I'm like, I don't want to have a TV. I don't, don't want to have a TV, but I'll have a tablet and a fucking switch and all this. Yeah. Just hovering above my face. <laughs> I've got a memory foam mattress. I think it'd be good for my back. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. Um, I've only got one more pick uh, before we get into uh, our game of the year picks, and that's uh, a little game called Unsighted, um, which I've not, I only recently heard about and uh, started looking into it. This is the Escapist. This is their three-minute review of, of yeah, Unsighted. But only got three before, we start to talking about uns- before we start un- talking about Unsighted, um, another plug. I mentioned Into the Ether, um, mm-hmm. a podcast, I, a low-key video game podcast, that one of their recent episodes was all about this game. And it is probably one of the best discussions about this game, and it will sell you on one wanting to play this. So I highly so recommend I'm, you check them I'm out. I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to listen to that podcast because I, I know this is on Game Pass right now also. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a, a Metroidvania set in a world where, um, essentially where like androids are losing their sentience and so the whole conceit of the game is that you have there's all these npcs around the world that only have they have a countdown timer and when the timer hits zero they become essentially like zombies they're they're androids that will only live to attack and so the whole game is this metroidvania where you're trying to unravel this mystery and find out why this is happening and how to stop it um but apparently the 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 systems work so well together and it, it's made by trans Brazilian dev team. That's really, really cool. Um, but it's, it's, you know, like Kotaku called it the Mer- their Metroidvania of the year. I saw it was on polygons, best of list really high. I think it was like number three or four. And, um, you know, they said that it was the best Metroidvania that came out this year. And in a year when a new Metroid game came out, I think that's really impressive. Um, I, I had a realization this year playing through several Metroid games in anticipation of the release of Dread that, that the Metroidvania is like my favorite genre of games. And so anything that has that in the, in the description and has received damn near universal praise, but only like hasn't really gotten a ton of like attention. I really, really want to play this. And so I'm putting this on my list. Yeah, it is currently on game pass, but I'm putting this on my list of holiday games as well. We should, somebody should go back through this first episode and, and figure out how many times we said that the, we each of us claimed that a game was going to be their holiday game because I think we're all rocking about four or five games through the next three weeks. <laughs> well, you definitely but, sold yeah. me on this. Uh, yeah, this game, even this though you hadn't played sick. it. <laughs> yeah, this game looks sick and I'm, I'm, really really excited to get into it and and uh kind of embarrassed that i didn't know you know having claimed that the the metroidvania genre was like my genre i think it's uh you know a little bit surprising that i this wasn't on my radar until people started talking about it but yeah it looks awesome so. yeah epic open world just said that like it also has great accessibility options which is that's great cool. so it just seems like everything this team has done in this game they've just done it and executed it very, nice. very well yeah right on uh, Lucy, your last game uh, before we we chat game of the year here. Mine is Before Your Eyes, which is a mm-hmm. game that was recommended to me earlier this year when it first came out, and it's awful. I never got around. It's awful for me because I never got around to playing it. Um, but we've been talking about this one in the office, like a lot of impassioned pleas to talk, like please play this game. Um, it's basically just it. It's, it has a really cool conceit that it kind of plugs into your uh, your webcam. And whenever you blink, you blink in the game. It's like basically what happens if your life is flashing before your eyes and by blinking you change the scene and you go through all this stuff. And I don't I don't want to know more than that. I think that's mm-hmm. a really cool way of exploring um, key life moments. And, you know, it's a, a really interesting way of telling a story because you're only telling it in such bite-sized pieces. You are reliant on your player blinking so i think it's really clever just the amount like even just watching the footage here you can just see how much 
quote unquote environmental storytelling. Like there are so many things that you can just pick at and look, and you can t- you can get a sense of some of the story from in each scene as it as it comes up and as it flashes and loads in. And I think it's really cool. And I have it. It's in my Steam library. I really want to play it, but Tam, I know you've played it and you, yeah. you were singing it. I think it's fantastic, yeah. It's like an hour and a bit long, but like the the easy pitch for it is imagine one of the most important me- moments from your life. Like it could be something as like the moment you knew that you, like you were falling in love and, and or like the moment you truly felt loved by someone, for example. Imagine in that if you were able to relive that for a moment, but only as long as you could keep yourself from blinking. Like the the effort that you put in to not blink because you want to stay in that moment is like, that's what the game asks of you. And on the other side, imagine if you had to remember something that was, I don't know, traumatic or made you sad. Like the moment you it comes up, you just want to blink it away. But do you really want to do that or do you want to sit in it for a moment? And it's that kind of, it's one of the, that mechanic and the conceit of it is feels like one of the truly new things to happen in gaming in a real long time, which is weird to say because it's kind of built on a gimmick um, or what looks like a gimmick, gimmick. Mm-hmm. but this game elevates that by taking that idea and actually narratively putting it into into something that is uh kind of like way more than just a gimmick um it's something that's meaningful and it's something that will stay with you for a long long time it's a short game it's and it's like i think it's an important game to play um it's real cool i've heard a lot about this game and i've honestly avoided playing it just because i i I, people i think the thing about this game is like people are posting photos of themselves after the end of playing the game and like how hard they've been crying playing it and Mm -hmm. like i just uh, games that make you sad i just don't know man i don't it doesn't it doesn't exclusively make you sad it is like it is it is a life lived in in a video game like there are highs there are lows there are there's trauma, there's just uh, moments of elation, and that's kind of the point of it. And mm-hmm. you do come away feeling like thinking, uh, I mean, a lot of people do come away feeling, thinking profoundly about your own life. And and it's, I feel like that's, it's like what I was saying previously, where indie games kind of blend together, and they, mm-hmm. very few of them stand out as uniquely their own. This is a game that is undoubtedly unlike anything else and it's one that like it when it's an indie game that i wanted to play and it's and it's worth that okay yeah that's it i lucy i'll probably play it on your computer since it's already installed over there fine yeah that worked out real well for me um that's it for the games that we've missed this year um but we are going to talk a little bit jake you already talked about psychonauts 2 as your game of the year Uh, lucy tam Lucy and Tam, you all have the same game of the year. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start just uh, just going to talk a little bit about um, my favorite game of the year. Um, and that game is, of course, Metroid Dread. Anybody that's been following my streams knows that that Metroid has been sort of my thing um, for ever. Um, I adore this series and especially the Prime games, I think, were, were previously you know my favorite entries into the the Metroid series, but um, I approached this game with some trepidation because I didn't really like Samus Returns that much on the 3DS when it came out. Um, I wasn't super confident in Mercury Steam ability to deliver like a really great Metroid game, but this game is absolutely incredible. Um, I think in a year where so many great games came out and 
I'm really hard pressed to to play a game more than once over the course of my lifetime, let alone in you know in a year. I played this game four times back to back to back. I I did a speed run, I did a completionist run, I played it in hard mode. You know, like I absolutely destroyed this game and loved every second of it every single time. And um, I think it's a really really great example of how you take. Um, sort of retro genre genre or a, a, you know like an older style of game and bring it mm. into the modern age in such a like beautiful way to me and i know it's fucking stupid to say like this game really makes you feel like samus right like but to me samus moves through these environments and controls and plays in this game the way that i had always imagined her doing in metroid uh, uh super metroid or metroid fusion games like that like that was always to me, like in my mind's eye, how Samus was. And in this game, that's fully realized. And I just like, I absolutely adore this game. And I think the thing that it did the best was like Metroid has never really been known for having these like super involved or, or, you know, complicated narratives. And I think that that's still the same here, but it does some things narratively that are so fucking cool and like so impactful. Um, I was just completely floored by this game and, and, um, it was a pleasant surprise for me. I, you know, I wasn't anticipating it to be as great as it is. And I think it's like, rarely do I ever talk about, you know, uh, a game being perfect, but I think it's nearly a perfect game. I, I, you know, I wish I was playing it right now, to be completely honest. I think more so than any other game this year, like there were so many moments that just gave me chills. Like yeah, the absolutely. music, whenever I'd pick up an item, like some of the, the, some of the boss fights, some of just, even just the moment to moment gameplay. And like, of course the Emmys too, like those gave me, a different kind of chills because I was terrified. But like there, there's just so many memorable moments in this very short game that will, I mean, not very short, but there's so many moments that just are going to stick with me for so long. And I only played once, but I have been like, I, I, I've been wanting to replay it. I actually mm. just managed to finally get the collector's edition of it, which nice. took forever. And yeah, I think that'll be a good opportunity to replay it. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible game. That game is that game is real good. Like, <laughs> I, it's a game. The thing I loved about it, like I, uh, I, I really enjoyed about it. Uh, enjoyed it, and I don't. It's not my favorite Metroid. It's not even my. It's not my favorite game of the year. Um, it's it's definitely in the top ten. But what I will always love it for is, it reinforced. It reminded me and reinforced how much I love Metroid. Um, mm -hmm. which is really, really cool. Uh, and not just Metroid as a game, but like Samus as a character. And I think that's the thing that it does best um, about 4-4 uh, in this game. It is like, it takes into account where Samus is, is in her career. And mm -hmm. it takes into the account the fact that you, as a bounty hunter, it takes into account the fact that you've been through these motions a bunch of times like and the moment where you meet craid yet again and she's <laughs> just so over it and she's right. like i've got she's barely looking at craid and she's like pre-charged her charge shot when she's like walking into the room and sees craid there you're like she's such a fucking badass and she yeah. knows it she's unstoppable and then when they when they use her theme that when that kicks in I remember just like getting chills and it's like one of those moments where I like it, it that when that music came in towards the end of the game, uh, I like instantly had every moment that I, I, every moment that 
made me love Metroid like flash between in front of my eyes and I was like fuck I love Metroid so much so it's a game that for me is like successful and unsuccessful in a few things but ultimately when it was over I was like this is a great game and I really love Metroid um, yeah. I think that is special because of that. You yeah, touched on absolutely. it, but Samus is just so fucking cool too. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's probably my favorite Nintendo protagonist. I think. They, like, yeah, easily. They also do. They also do so much with her character by having her say and do so little. Like, uh, you know, there's a moment in in the game where she gets uh, approached by a friendly, right? Like an, a, non, a non-player character that is uh, on her side. But he approaches from behind and when she turns around, you know, she brings up her gun and she's pointing at him, but then she kind of sees who it is and is like resigned to it. And it's just mm-hmm. like this little, it's two seconds in the game, but you get her exasperation. You can't even see her face, but you yeah. get her exasperation. You understand the way that she's feeling from that. I think that they made such, such smart choices. And as much as, as much as you loved um, this game, Tam, there was one game that you and Lucy both loved more. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what, what game that was that ended up at the top of your list this year? Go for it, Lucy. I was going to say I've never even played a Metroid game, so <laughs> what a perfect show. Put it on the list. <laughs> yeah, edit the list. Uh, I think I only uh, have the IGN review for your guys' pick, so. What the oh, hell, man? Wow. Are you <laughs> joking? Uh, like you know, the one just... that Tam wrote and I edited? That's, that's not true. Uh, I, I picked that the, I is the GameSpot review. Yeah, yeah it, it is the GameSpot review. It is, it is the GameSpot review. <laughs> I, like, I just wanted to rock the boat a little. And I was rustled. No, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, Tam wrote it. I edited it. You can tell what it is. It's definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, God, I, Arcane Studios, how I love thee. Let me count the ways. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, Tam, Tam's review is honestly just like, First of all, it's one of my favorite things you've ever written because I think you did oh, such an eloquent, an eloquent job of like piecing together, taking what is essentially like ca- could be a very complicated thing. Like the whole the whole conceit of Deathloop is like two rival assassins caught in a time loop, and in order to break that time loop, one of them has to kill eight visionaries. Um, and so, in that way, it sounds a little bit like dishonored, right? You get your uh, you get your targets and you have to go around and figure out the best way to take them out. The arcane then were like, well, what if it's in a time loop and you can do things over and over again and you can, you know, narratively there is a reason and a way for you to keep approaching these encounters in different ways and experiment and try new things and, like, will give you a bunch of fun powers. Oh, and also... The two main characters, Colt and Juliana, are actually really entertaining and you want to go through loops because you want to hear more of that conversation. And so it's like this... And also, like, the Void Engine just looks and and it feels so good to play. And, like, the art direction, it's like the 60s. So basically, like, Arcane of, of just... It's an embarrassment of riches, especially as an Arcane fan, because you can just see the inspiration and things that they've taken from their previous games. Like, all of their previous games, really, like... Also, even, you know, they helped out on Wolfenstein Youngblood, and there's a co-op aspect right. to this, and the fact that there is a multiplayer aspect to this game that kind of narratively feeds into the main loop. Like, everything feels so purposeful. And that's mm. what I really loved about it. Like, nothing is in there out of pure chance. Like, it, it is there, it is designed to be there, it feels like it belongs there, and it's... I, I, I say this a lot. Um, I think Arcane's world building is completely just unrivaled. Um, 
you know, obviously a large part of that is art direction, but also stories and the way the characters talk and, you know, uh, just kind of go about their daily lives. And the fact that in, in Deathloop, the fact that you live the same day over and over again, you see the same areas at different times of day. You see how people's uh, routines change and where they go. And I just think it's... Like, this is a very rambly long answer, but it's it's because there's so much in this game to love. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah, so Tam, you, you take it away. Yeah, I, I think like to, to... This is a game that I've talked much about. We've both talked much about, and I think we're going to... On GameSpot, we're still doing our Game of the Year stuff, and it's going to come up in a few places there. So I don't want to take what, I'm, what I've written and said for that stuff and say, hey, so I'll come at it from a different angle and pick up on something that Lucy said, like, there's an incredible economy of design in in this game and like the the phrase economy of design can be flipped depending on your cynicism level to say you know asset flips reusing stuff that kind of thing but it never that is effectively what they're doing they're taking these assets these routines and they're making you play through it over and over again it Mm -hmm. never at all feels like that you get some games where you see an animation twice you see a corridor twice then it's blatantly obvious what's going on and it pulls you out of the experience this is a game where they reuse areas they reuse moments they reuse mechanics within this game and within arcane's overall library of titles there's things in here that are from dishonored that are from prey but it never feels like that and that is an incredibly impressive achievement like they not only make it feel distinct and feel unique even though a lot of it isn't especially within the game and within Arcane's library of titles and development efforts. But they make you kind they flip it so that you, that's part of the point. That's kind of the, how you learn to love this game, learn to play this game. And I think that is such an impressive thing. Like as a, there's so much of this game that is instructional, both to players and to developers. And I think that is, that is one of the coolest things about it. And there's so much to kind of dig into, whether it's a single player stuff, but the multiplayer probably doesn't get talked about as much as it deserves to. Like Juliana having her own uh, kind of skill tree and progression path. The amount of fun that you can have messing with other players and messing with your friends just by being in this world and disguising yourself as other enemies. That Assassin's Creed style thing where you know the game so well that you also know how enemies behave and where they're Mm -hmm. placed and you can exploit that. So, you know, place yourself where you know the the person you're hunting is likely to to overlook a thing because of repetition and they they're like they assume a thing is going to be a thing. But actually, you're you're there to replace that and cause some problems. So cool. So cool. And like. Top to bottom, this is like just an incredible, incredible game, and I, and I truly love it. Yeah, in many yeah, ways, uh, Deathloop feels like the perfect arcane game for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because I, you know, I love all of arcane games a lot. Like I, I, I played Dishonored, Prey multiple times. But the one thing that I'd always do is if it wasn't perfect, I'd restart. And I, and I was one of those people who would just keep restarting, not so much with Prey, mm-hmm. but especially Dishonored. I wanted those yeah. 100% assassin runs. Uh, but this, I feel much more willing to experiment because you're going back to these areas and doing it again, that it doesn't even feel repetitive. It just feels like, okay, now I'm going to try this. And eventually you can almost, you can like see yourself get better as you just redo these levels. But like, okay, I know this guy's going to be here. I know this guy's going to be here. I'm going to switch to this weapon to take out this guy. That way I won't get spotted here. And, and just sort of the, uh, 
the, the, the calculating that your brain does while you're playing it and how it changes over the course of your experience of that game, I think is, it, it's like an unrivaled feeling. Cool. Yeah, this, this was a close second for me this year. Mm-hmm. You know, this was like Metroid Dread was number one, but I mean, Deathloop was right there at number two. And, and I see a couple of people in the chat, F. Shavin and, and Wallaby Jones talking about how they couldn't really get into the game. And it took me a couple hours to get into it as well. Like I was looking forward, so forward to this game for so long. And I remember at the very beginning, I was like, I'm not actually sure if I like this. Like, I'm not actually sure if this is the game that I wanted it to be. And then as, you know, as I got deeper into it and started understanding the 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 actual loop and the characters and things like that, like it, it started to become a little more clear to me of like, oh, this is actually exactly what I wanted. And I think that Dishonored tells a stronger story, both of the Dishonored games, but I think that in terms of how gameplay is married to narrative and just the overall conceit of the mystery that you're trying to solve and how to get people in the same place and all these different things, like I just don't know a game that has done something so interesting in so long, like just an amazing game. And, and no spoilers, but I think one of the big, you know, one of the big issues that people have with it is the way that it wraps up. But like that didn't bother me at all. Like I actually yeah. really liked the ending and thought it was appropriate. And like I, 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 I can't wait to to. I'm giving this game some serious distance because I want to try and forget a lot of it and get back to it in a year or so and and you know re-experience some of this stuff because I just I had an amazing time playing it. There were so many moments where I was playing it and I just would say out loud like, holy shit, this is so cool. Like it, it's just a very, very cool game. You know, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to call yeah. out someone in the chat, Epic Open World says, I've not enjoyed previous games from this dev, but Deathloop seems like the one I will like. I totally agree. I think if if you're not into like immersive sims, I feel like Deathloop is probably a very good First it's way more of an action game in yeah. that because because it the, is an action game. The shooting feels great. The shooting yeah, feels really better, good. but also I feel like because you're able to go back to these areas and try out different things, it it does a good job of really explaining or visually teaching you how immersive sims work in a sense. Yeah. And and I was kind of the same way initially. Like it took me a while to get into Dishonored and Prey, but once I got into them, I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. This is just a playground for me to mess around and try a bunch of cool different things. But I feel like Deathloop is the perfect place to start. I think if you like Deathloop, then I would try some of Dishonored in particular. You go back and Dishonored's yeah, check out fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, gang, that brings us to the end of episode zero of Lads on Tour. Thank you all so, so much for hanging out with us today. It's so nice to see so many people show up mm-hmm. and, um, you know, bear with us a little bit at the beginning. But we got a, we got we found our rhythm uh, and uh, I had a great time talking about yeah, the games that we fun. missed and talking about the things that we want to do here. And, and so it was really, really awesome to you know, see this kind of come to fruition. You know, we've been talking about doing this for months. And so it's nice to get the ball rolling and we're going to keep that ball rolling. We'll be back next week next sunday uh, december 19th to um put together our list of games for uh the first season of lads on tour so uh if you're here and if you can make it like please come and join us in that discussion as we look to the community to to fill in some of those slots like tam was talking about and bring our own shames to the forefront and let people you know we can all decide like what the first season looks like as we move forward um before we go i did want to plug really quickly if you're here in the chat and you're watching and you haven't followed, please throw us a follow here on Twitch. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Lads on Tour Crew, where we'll post updates and you know fun shit like that. Like, well, we, you know, we're figuring that out as well. But um, please toss we'll, us. A we'll follow get those notifications fixed. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get those notifications fixed and we'll get the alerts set up and et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, so also, uh, one thing I just want to add, if this timing is not great for you, like if you're in another region, we will be putting yeah. these on podcast streams. Uh, when that'll happen, I don't know. We have the account set up, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, you, you all know how iTunes is and right. you know, it could take yeah. a couple days. Um, so be patient. Hopefully by episode one, we will have the feed set up and they should upload at a, at a time we haven't decided yet, but mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it is absolutely a gender neutral term of lads. Yeah. I lads, use lads all the time. Yeah. Just yeah. Kidding. So to, to break that down, a lot of people think it's for males only, but the British, especially us, uh, me, Lucy and folks, we know we use lads as a gender neutral term and mm-hmm. it has spread. So you are a lad regardless of how you identify. <laughs> um, so thank you for, so much for joining us on, on our first tour mm-hmm. really quickly. Where can, where can folks find, uh, each of us, Lucy, let's go ahead and start with you. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Twitch, uh, same username, Lucy James games. I stream Tuesdays and Thursdays. Usually I am thinking, well, actually, this Thursday we'll not be streaming because Spider-Man is out. Right. But it is also the 20th anniversary of Lord of the Rings. So I would like to do some kind of special stream maybe next Saturday to celebrate 20 years of the Fellowship of the Ring. And I just feel like the Crypt Keeper saying that. But Lucy James Games on everything. Hopefully see you all there. I'll see you all on Tuesday. Right on. Jake? Uh, Jacob Deck on everything. Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, OnlyFans. You know. Oh, let's go. All right. Uh, but I will... I will be streaming tomorrow, actually, 7 to 9 a.m. I'm going to be streaming Smash Bros. I'm going to try to stream nice. Smash Bros. every Monday, 7 to 9, because I want to get better at that game. I'm already decent, but I want mm. to get even better. So if you want to stop by, if you're good at Smash Bros. and you want to teach me a thing or two, please stop by, because I, awesome. I need some lessons real mm-hmm. bad. on. Cam? Yeah, I'm at Twitch and Twitter at Tamor H. I stream on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Currently doing Tales of Arise as my main game, but we do a bunch of other things. We watch Crystal Maze. We'll do random. I made a meme on one episode um, yeah. or one stream. That was fun. That was a good one. Uh, so we, we just mess around and, and like have a good time. Um, and you can follow me on Twitch and Twitter at ZacharySD. Also, all of our channels are linked here in the uh, the description for our channel. Mm-hmm. So if you're if we you missed it here, go ahead and click down there. But you can follow us. Uh, you can follow me here on Twitch and Twitter at ZacharySD. Mm-hmm. Um, I stream Tuesdays and Thursday evenings and Saturday mornings. Um, right now, I'm playing through Psychonauts 2. But as we move into our games of shame, I'll probably start streaming, dedicating one of those days to streaming mm-hmm. specifically stuff for lads. Um, so go ahead and follow me there. Um, keep in mind, you can also always get to us at ladsontourteam at gmail.com. Um, if you want to shoot us an email, let us know what you thought of the show. Let us know any feedback, good or bad. And um, once again, thank you so, so much for tuning in mm-hmm. to episode zero. It was really nice to get this kicked off. And it was really nice to see so many familiar names and faces in the chat. So yeah. uh, until next weekend, uh, we're signing off. We'll see you next time. Have a wonderful week and, uh, you know, stay on tour. Hey, your friends about us. Yeah, Bye. let your friends know. Bye. Bye. I actually don't have like a ending live stream outro. It's gonna, <laughs> it's like jumping it's off a cliff. cliff. It's just gonna, it's cut. just gonna hard crash. <laughs>